This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Wow, wow, wow. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Excited about this. Well, welcome to week two of our series, The Power of of I Am. And for all of our guests that are here at all of our campuses for the first time, don't forget we've got this book by Joel Osteen, uh, The Power of I Am. And uh, thank God for the connection. He's a great friend. And, and uh, we're just grateful for what he's, he's doing in the world. And I, I think this is probably one of his greatest books that he's written because it's just full of a biblical principle that most believers that go to church today are not familiar with. So I'm not teaching the book But I will be teaching principles from the book, biblical principles, uh, over these next few weeks. And again, if you wasn't here this last weekend, uh, get the podcast uh, and and download that and listen to that. And and, uh, I believe God will help you. And uh, I believe it's just going to, it's just, you you know, if you miss a weekend around here, you miss a lot. God's doing something around here every weekend. And, And plus, not only that, there's just a blessing and a promise for those that are faithful Week in and week out, you know, church church people, Christian believers should never get up on Sunday morning and say, well, should we go to church? The Bible's already told you you should go to church. Amen. I, I didn't have that luxury go, growing up. My parents say, you're going to church. You live in my house. You're going to church. I'm so thankful. And you miss so much. You know, just think about it. If God is speaking to the, to the voice, to the minister of this house, seeking and, and praying and fasting, which I do every week for you, uh, it'd, be, it'd, be a, it'd be just sad for you to miss that weekend's message when God has already been preparing to declare something for you, but you're, you're home watching the, the Niners lose again. You're home watching the Raiders lose again. Or you're home just snoring and sleeping away, and then you wonder why your life is like it is. There's just a blessing. You know, David said it like this. I don't even know why I'm saying this, but, but David said it like this. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It should be a glad thing. Amen. We should be excited. So as you can tell, I am fired up, fired up about this series, The Power of I Am, The Power of I Am. If you'd like more information about the book at all of our locations, the Dream Team will be uh, in the lobbies and they can give you more information about that. But all first-time guests at all of our locations, you get a free copy of this book. Uh, The whole point of the book Uh, is this simple truth. Here's the principle. Here it is. They're going to put it on the screens for you. Whatever follows the I am will eventually find you. Whatever follows the I am will eventually find you. Those two simple words, I am, what follows the I am will determine what kind of life you will have. So in other words, like we said last week, uh, if you're always saying, I'm so stupid, then stupid's looking for you. And I'm so ugly, <laughs> ugly's looking for you. It's, it's a principle. I'm so old, well, wrinkles are looking for you. I'm so overweight, well, calories are, are looking for you. I'm so clumsy, I'm so broke, I'm so unqualified, I'm so weak. But if you say, I'm blessed, then blessings are looking for you. I'm strong. Strength is looking for you. I'm talented, and talent is looking for you. I'm healthy. Health is looking for you. I'm attractive. I'm beautiful. 
Listen, I, I started saying that you, you, should, you should have seen how I looked years ago, but I've been confessing and declaring how beautiful I am. Look at it, it, this, this thing really, really works. You see, the I am's coming out of your mouth will either bring success or failure. Why? Because what follows the I am's, listen, what follows the I am's out of your mouth is what you're giving permission to in your life. It's like you're inviting them in. Um, the point of this is words really do matter. Uh, did you hear about the lady that opened up a new business? Her friend uh, sent her some flowers for the, the big grand opening, and she opens the card, and on the card it says, it says rest in peace. She called her friend. She was, she was upset. She was confused. She was puzzled about the, the comment, rest in peace. And, and, and the friend was just uh, humiliated, and she apologizes and immediately goes to the florist. She tells the florist that they had messed up, that they've embarrassed her, and that was not so, what was supposed to be on the card. And the, the florist responded by saying, well, that's, that's not the worst of it, because that means I just sent flowers to a graveside with your card that says, congratulations on your new location. (laughs) Words do really, really matter. Since we're talking about words, here's here's some facts about words. Do you know that a man speaks about 20,000 words a day? We're a whoa, man. She speaks about 30,000 words a day. That's 30,000 words a day. I ain't going to get no help from no men in here because you're all a bunch of wimps. But women speak 10,000 more words. And here's what's really, really amazing. Do you know on, on, on average a woman's tongue is an inch shorter than a man? How they can, how they can, how can they can... Speak 30,000, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. So that means after a man has spoke his 20,000 words, that means uh, his wife or whoever still has 10,000 more words. And that's the reason why men spend their life grunting. (laughs) The wife is still talking, right? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Right? The wife is still talking, and, you're, and men are just going, mm, uh. See, some of you are wondering why your husband grunts. He's, he's ran out of, he ran out of words. He ran out of words. A man was asked if he resented that his wife always has to have the last word. He responded by saying, no, I'm just glad when she finally gets to the last word. Here, here's the point. Your words really, really matter. In fact, words are a big part of our Christian faith. The Christian faith is a faith that involves your declaration. Hear it, your declaration of faith. Do do you get that? Christian faith involves your confession of faith. In fact, one of the definitions of confession in the Bible is, is not to repent. It means to say the same thing that God has already declared. That's what it means to, to confess. Now, now, speaking God's word is the centerpiece of Christianity. 
It's a centerpiece of Christianity. It's how, if you didn't know this, this is how Christianity really works. It's how you got saved. It's how you get saved. The Bible says you have to believe in your heart and what? Confess with your mouth. But it's not the only way you get saved. It's how you get delivered. It's how you get healed. It's how you prosper. It's how you establish God's will and purpose in your life. The Bible teaches us that you believe in your heart and you make the declaration of faith out of your mouth. A lot of you are concerned about making New Year's resolutions, but believers, we don't make New Year's resolutions. We make faith declarations. Come on, that's what Christianity is all about. So again, this weekend... It's really kind of part two of last week, and I want to talk again about the importance of words because that's a shock to most people that are even at our campuses today. And, and more importantly, I want to talk about the importance of you giving your voice to the Word of God. Words really do matter. In Matthew chapter 12, notice what it says here, verse 36, it says, words are powerful, take them seriously. Why? Because words can be your salvation, and words can also be your damnation. I can hear somebody out there saying, well, damn. (laughs) Now, your pastor didn't just cuss. I was just saying what you thought. That word damnation, that word damnation just simply means destruction. He says, take seriously your words, because most people don't take their words seriously. But according to the Bible... What's coming out of your mouth is a big deal. Notice what Proverbs 12, 18 says. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. See see again that your words can, can pierce, can cut, can harm, or your words can bring healing. It's right underneath your nose. The words... I don't know if you realize this, but your words, well, we do. I'm going to bring it to your attention. Our words can change environments. It can change the atmosphere of a room. Uh, With your kids, you can say, hey, hey. You walk in a room, your kids are there. You can say, hey, you're so awesome. I believe in you. I, I just want you to know that dad has been thinking about you. I want you to know you mean the world to me. Or you can walk in the room where your kids are and you can say, I can't stand you. You make me sick. You're so stupid. I wish you were never born. Why can't you be like your sister? See, with our words, we can hurt. With our words, we can heal. We, we do this with our, with, with our wives. I do this with my wife. You can, you can walk in a room where your wife is, and you say, whoa, wow, you look amazing. I'm not done yet. The way you glide across that room in those stilettos just takes my breath away. You're so hot, baby. Whew. Words can change. An environment. Or you can say, 
I can't believe you burnt my dinner again. Really? Come on, baby. You're so clumsy. I can't put up with this anymore. I want a divorce. I don't even like you. In fact, I've never liked you. Words can change the environment. Words can change the atmosphere. Words can stab and hurt people, or words can bring health and healing to people. We looked at this verse last week. It's kind of the staple verse of this whole series. Proverbs 18.20 says, you will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. Again, basically, this is saying the quality of your life is dependent upon the words you speak. It goes on to say in verse 21, the tongue can bring, notice, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. That's powerful. I would have never thought, I would have never thought that that the words we speak are that important. In fact, if that statement was not in the Bible, I wouldn't even believe it. But the truth is, if you're a believer, this is God's word. The Bible says the words coming out of your mouth bring life or they bring death. Now listen to me. It's not just the tongue in your mouth, but it's your texting tongue too that brings life or death. It's your Twitter tongue also that brings life or death. It's your Facebook tongue that brings life or death too. In fact, some of the most destructive communication happens with our thumb tongues. Hello, somebody. That's cute. I thought that was funny. Can I get somebody to laugh for me? Somebody happy at church today? See, see here's, the, here's, here's the deal. Just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you have to, to say it, to share it, to text it, right? Every concern doesn't, doesn't need your comment. Hello. Every problem doesn't need your post, right? Every trending issue doesn't need your Twitter response. Notice what it says in Proverbs. This is a good word for somebody today. Proverbs 21, 23. It says, keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. Some of you have been asking, how can I stay out of trouble? The Bible, listen, that was worth getting up, combing your hair, and coming to church for. The Bible says you want to stay out of trouble? Just shut your mouth. Shut your mouth up. You know, there's a Chinese proverb that says, a closed mouth gathers no foot. I like that. A closed mouth gathers no foot. Proverbs 18.21, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. Now, notice what it says. Here's here's how it ends. You choose. And that's the good news. And the reason why so many of us are are, are so quiet at all of our campuses is because, because we're all guilty of what the Bible's talking about. We're all loose with our lips and just say whatever comes to mind. We've, we've never thought that our words are really that important. But the good thing about your words is you get to choose what comes out of your mouth. You get to choose what comes after the I am. It's your choice what you give voice to. Now, in life, hear it, in life, there's two voices competing for your attention. Two voices. There's the voice of God. And there's the voice of the world. 
There's the voice of faith and there's the voice of defeat. There's the positive voice and there is the negative voice and they are competing for your mouth. They're competing for your attention. Just question, do you tell me what sounds better? Nobody loves me. I'm a mess. I'm a big goof up. Everything I do is always wrong. I'll never change. I just can't make decisions. Decision. I have no special abilities. God gave them all to my brothers and sisters. I always get left out of everything. I'll never get promoted. I'll never have enough money. I'm so undisciplined. I have no self-control. Nobody likes me. I'm so fat. I'm so ugly. I'm so dumb. We all know this kind of talk is wrong. I mean, even some of you are glad I shut up right then. And stop. So you tell me what sounds better. God loves me. I'm blessed. I have favor. I'm successful. God promotes me. I'm a blessing to other people. I'm productive. All my needs are met. Good things happen to me today. I'm full of wisdom. I'm gifted. I'm talented. I'm strong. I'm healed. I am the righteousness of God. God is not mad at me. I am loved by God. But the truth is... The question is, why is it socially okay to talk the death but not the life? Because you all acting crazy about the positive in here, but out there if we talk it, people think you're weird. Why is it okay to talk defeat and not victory? Why do people look at you funny if you speak positive words instead of negative words? Why, does it, why is it okay to talk like the world talks, but it's not okay to talk the word of God? Hear it loud and clear, I'll tell you why. It's because the enemy is at work in the world today. And it's through this deception that words really don't matter, that he is even keeping us and so many from God's best. It's the deception that words don't really matter. And you can just say whatever you want to say, but the Bible says contrary. The Bible says underneath your nose, in that hole in your head, called your mouth, is life and death. Come on, we ought to give the Lord a shout of praise right there. Thank you, Lord. You're helping us today. So again, there's two voices competing for your attention. The question is, which voice are you choosing to live by? The voice of God or the voice of this world? The voice of faith or the voice of defeat? Here's the principle. Here's what I'm trying to really get across today. What you give voice to determines success or failure in your life. What you give voice to determines success or failure in your life. Let me me show you an example of these two voices at work. Last week, we we, we taught principles. I want to show these these principles in story form this week. Notice Numbers chapter 13. Most of us are familiar with this story, and I want to read it from the Bible. It says, the Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I'm giving to the Israelites. Now notice, go go back to the verse, verse, verse 1. 
It says, notice the land, hold it right there, I'm giving to the Israelites. Now, we know the backdrop of this. Here is God's people. They've just been delivered from 400 years of slavery. God, by his mighty hand, has sent the plagues to Egypt. He's defeated their enemies. He's parted the Red Sea. They are now, listen, on an 11-day journey to their promised land that flows with milk and honey. And God has already promised, I have given it to you. I'm giving you the land, the Bible says. It goes on to say, in verse, chapter 13, verse 20, 27, it says, this was their report to Moses. We entered the land, because here's what happened. Here's what happened. God, God told Moses to send spies in the land, so Moses gets 12 leaders, 12 top guys that he had, and he sends them into the land, and he sends them there for 40 days to give them a report about the land that God has already promised to give them. And notice what it says. They come back and they give the report. Verse 27, this was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent to us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. In other words, you know what they're saying here? They're saying, you know what, the land that God promised us, it's exactly like he said it is. It is a good land. It flows with milk and honey. In fact, the Bible said if they ever got into the land, they would never have scarcity again in their life. And they're saying it's just like God said it was. But then they go on and notice verse 28. Verse 28, it says, but, but... Their butt gets in the way, but, but the people, the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. And we even saw giants there. Verse 31, verse 31, we can't, we can't, we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. Verse 32 says, so they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites, the land we traveled through. The land we explored for 40 days is a land that will devour anyone who goes to live there. And all the people we saw were huge. So, so catch the backdrop here. Here's a land that God has promised to give them. It, God says it's your land. In fact, that's the reason why I've set you free from slavery, from 400 years of slavery. We are just on an 11-day journey, and I'm going to give you this land. And the Bible says that they begin to say, we're not able. We can't. We know it's just exactly like you said it is, God. But, but we're, there, there's giants in that land. So it doesn't matter that God's defeated their enemies. It doesn't matter that God is part of the Red Sea. It doesn't matter that God caused water to come out of a rock. It doesn't matter that God fed them with manna and air melt quail in so that they could eat. It doesn't matter all the signs and the miracles. All that matters is what they're seeing, not what God has already said. They said, we're not able. And they gave, the Bible says they gave a bad report. And verse, verse 33 goes on to say, say this, we felt as small as grasshoppers. And that's how we must have looked to them. We can't do it. We're just little, little grasshoppers. These 10 leaders chose to give voice to fear, chose to give voice to defeat. Listen, their I am's were I'm weak, I'm inferior, I'm intimidated, I'm fearful, I'm just, I'm just a little grasshopper. It doesn't matter what God has said. Because I'm just, I, I'm, just, I'm just a loser in life. I'm just, I'm just a big nobody. 
Now notice, there's two other leaders. We know their names, Joshua and Caleb. It's interesting that most of you don't know the 10 other names of the leaders that went in to spy out the land. But we all know Joshua and Caleb. Why do we know? Because of their report. Notice Numbers 1330. It says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people. Notice he tried to quiet the people. What he's saying is, don't say that. Don't talk that way. Shut up. Quiet the people as they stood before Moses. And here's what, here's what Caleb said. Let's go, at, let's go at once to take the land. He said, we can. We. Can you see the two voices? Can you see the two voices here at work? He says, we can certainly conquer it. It goes on to say in chapter 14, verse 6, Joshua and Caleb addressed the assembled people of Israel, the land we walked through and scouted out as a very good land, very good indeed. So they're saying it's just exactly like God said it is. Now they go on to say, if God is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land and he'll give it to us. Notice, he'll give it to us. They are saying what God has already declared. They are giving voice, not to the world, not to fear, not to defeat, but they are giving voice to God's word. He'll give it to us. Notice, just don't rebel against God and don't be afraid of those people. Why? We'll have them for, I like this attitude, we're going to have our enemies for lunch. They have no protection. Notice, and God is on our side. Some of you need to say that. Some of you need to start declaring that. You ought to get up in the morning and instead of saying, I'm so fat and I'm so ugly and I don't amount to anything and I'm a loser and I want to quit. You ought to start declaring, God is on my side. God is on my side. And what he has declared over me and about me, I am more than a conqueror. You ought to get up and put God's word in your mouth instead of your defeat and your depression and your discouragement. God is on our side. Don't be afraid of them. So Joshua and Caleb chose to give voice to God's word. Their their ends were, I'm strong. I'm empowered. I'm confident. I'm well able. I'm more than a conqueror. They're not giving voice to defeat and negativity. They're speaking exactly what God has said about them. Now, here's the rest of the story. Listen, it's very important. That negative report that those 10 leaders of the children of Israel, that voice of defeat from those 10 leaders influenced some 2 million people to give voice to that negative report. Negativity always spreads much quicker than the positive. You're more apt to get in on the negativity than you are the promise and that which is prop, uh, positive. Some two million people, because of those ten people and their potty mouths, their negativity, their discouragement, their defeat, because of what they said, some two million people begin to complain and say the same thing. They begin to talk defeat, and they begin to say, we're going to die out of here in this wilderness. God's brought us out here to die And now I want you to notice God's response to 2 million people because of what they were saying. We see it here in Numbers 14, verse 27. How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? You know what's interesting, just a side note, is that they really weren't complaining about God, but God took it personally. They really were complaining about their leaders. We don't like Pastor Moses anymore. We, we, want, we want to fire Pastor Moses. We want to get rid of Pastor Moses, and we want to get us a new pastor, one that will talk like we talk. 
Don't act like you've never done anything like that before. So God took their complaint, God took their griping personally, and he says, how long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? For I have heard, I have heard, God always hears. I have heard all that they have been, what? Don't tell me your words don't matter. Don't tell me what's coming out of your mouth doesn't doesn't make a difference in your life. God says, I heard what they've been saying. Notice the very next verse. Verse 28, now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord. Now listen, I loved it because I've shared this with my wife. Notice what God says here, as surely as I live. Listen to me, God's not going to die, so this is going to be the way it's going to be. Is that good? I said, this is going to be the way it's going to be. He says, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. Don't tell me your words are not important. God says the very things that you say, you will drop dead in this wilderness. Why? Because that's what they were saying. You brought us out here to kill us. We're going to die in this wilderness. Because they gave voice to defeat. They gave voice to, to, to discouragement and depression and negativity. And God says you're going to basically have What you say, because listen to me, when you say it, the biblical principle is you're giving permission for it to come into your life. Now, for Joshua and Caleb, what they gave voice to became a reality. Remember, they were saying, we're able, come on, don't talk like that, shut up, we can do this. And what they were saying became a reality. They were the only two from that older generation that ever made it in to the promise land. That's powerful. Those are those two voices at work. We see the example in Scripture. We also see it in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1. Notice what God says here to Jeremiah. It says, the Lord said to me, I knew you before you were formed within your mother's womb. Before you were born, I sanctified you and appointed you as my spokesman to the world. So God shows up and he's going to give Jeremiah the prophet, an assignment, and he says, he says I, 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 I knew you before you were formed, so, so listen, the, your, the, your life was not planned by your parents, your life was planned by God Almighty. You're not a mistake, I don't care how you came into this earth, your life is not a mistake, because before you was ever in your mother's womb, God had a plan for your life. He says, I knew you before you were formed within your mother's womb, before you were born. I sanctify you, uh, sanctified you and appointed you, notice, as my spokesman to the world. You've all been appointed as a spokesman to put God's words in your mouth. Verse 6, notice immediately what Jeremiah begins to say. Oh, Lord God, I said, I can't do that. I can't. I can't. I can't, I can't, are you hearing me? I'm far too young, I'm only a teenager, God, I can't do that. And God's immediate response is, don't say that. If words didn't matter, God would have let it slip. God would have said, hey, you can say whatever you want to say. You can say, I'm a loser, I'm going to quit, I'm defeated, I'm too young, I'm too old, because that's what we say. 
And God says, no, 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 I formed you. I got a plan for your life. Quit saying the negativity. Quit talking defeat. Give voice to the word. Don't give voice to the world. God says, don't say that. He, God, replied, for you will go wherever I send you and speak whatever I tell you to do. I like that. So the first thing that God did is that he tells Jeremiah, don't say that, Jeremiah. Don't give voice to the negative words. Don't give voice to the fear and the unbelief. Notice here in Jeremiah 1.9 now, then the Lord, here's the healing. This is what we're here for today. I know this is straightforward, and I know this, this, this is kind of painful because we're all there. We're all needing to make adjustments, but I'm here to tell you this will help us. It, might be, it may be painful, but I'm here to tell you this will help you. This will help you get on track. This will help 2016 to be a better, a better year than 2015 because you're finding biblical truth to begin to steer your life in the direction that God has created you. He says, in the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. That's my prayer today at all of our campuses is that God would touch our mouth instead of fighting over this. I don't believe. It don't matter what you believe. It's in the Bible. It's going to work whether you like it or not. In fact, if you look at your life, it's already been working. What you've been saying over the last several years, last several months, it's already producing fruit in your life. You can fight it the rest of your life and get old and wrinkled, or you can go ahead and yield to truth and say, God, I never knew. I need you to forgive me. I need you to get involved in my life. God, I need you to touch my mouth because I've been speaking trash and I've been speaking negativity. God, I haven't been, been yielding my voice to your word. And so the Lord touched his mouth and the Lord said to, said to me, behold, I have noticed. Here's the key. I put my words in your mouth. See, we're not just talking about any, anybody's words. That's where it gets crazy. That's not what I'm teaching. I'm talking about putting God's words in your mouth. And notice what happens in verse 10. Once God heals his mouth, once he starts talking and giving voice to the word of God, the very next verse says, verse 10, see, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. I'm here to tell you, when you start speaking the word of God, when you give voice to the word of God, you'll be over things and not under things. You'll be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. He says, you're going to root out and pull down. Does anybody need to root out some things? Anybody need to pull down some addictions and some strongholds in their life? God says, with my words, you're going to destroy and throw down. Come on, does anybody need to throw down and to destroy some things that have been tormenting you? And then he says, you're going to build and you're going to plant. Come on, this is going to be a year where we build and we plant and we build and we plant everything that God has promised. Uh, such a powerful, powerful truth. He says, Jeremiah, I've got a plan for your life. I've got great things for your life. I'm going to make you my spokesman. You're going to touch the world. And Jeremiah's response is immediately like so many of our responses. Oh, God, you've got the wrong person. You know, the truth is, I never thought I could do what I'm doing. I never thought in a million years God could use me. I, I know much of my family didn't believe I could do it. Friends and individuals, I, it wasn't my, my, my 
place of expertise. I, I couldn't talk. I couldn't. This is, this is crazy. But it's amazing what God can do when you yield to, to his word. And he touches your mouth and he puts his truth in you and you begin to declare it. It's amazing what God can do with your life. At the end of it, listen, at the end of it, Jeremiah became a tremendous, mighty man of God, a mouthpiece to the nation. You know, as I close today, I'm reminded of that story in Ezekiel chapter 37. Most of us are familiar with the story. God shows Ezekiel a vision of a graveyard of just bones, just scattered bones. In fact, it's a whole valley of bones, acres and acres and acres of thousands upon thousands of bones. And God makes it very clear in this vision that that this vision represented the condition of his people. It represented their hopelessness. It represented their impossible situation that they were up against. Am I talking to anybody? Come on, is anybody facing anything that seems impossible? You don't know how you're going to get through it. You don't know how you're going to live another day. And this is, this, this is what God was showing. This is, this is a picture of what's going on with my people. And, and in this vision, God tells Ezekiel this. He says, he says, I want you to speak to these dead, dry bones. See, Ezekiel, I want you to take what I tell you to say, and I want you to put it in your mouth, and I want you to speak it over these dead, dry bones. In fact, we see it here in Ezekiel 37.4. Notice it says, then he, God, told me to speak to the bones and to say, oh, dry bones, listen to the not just any words. The power is not just in whatever you want to say or whatever they're saying. The power is in what God has already said. That's the reason why we believe in the Bible right here. That's the reason why we read a chapter every day. Come on, that's the reason why we open the book, all 66 books, and we meditate and we read it to find out what we're to put in our mouth. And he says, oh, he says, I want you to say to these old dry bones, listen to the words of God. The story goes on to say that Ezekiel begins to give voice to the Word of God, and he tells these bones to come back to life. (laughs) He, He begins to call in the skin. He begins to call in the muscle. He begins to call in the tissue. And the Bible says as he was speaking, suddenly the bones started rattling. Woo! I'm here to tell you, I believe I hear some sound of some rattling bones. The Bible says the bones begin to rattle and begin to come together. They, this, listen to this. They, they, they start morphing back into a person, powerful. And then he speaks breath into them, and breath came into those bodies. And the Bible says that those bodies stood up like a vast, great army, alive and strong. What are you saying, preacher? Some of you need to start speaking to your dead situations, to your impossible situation. You've been speaking to it. You've already been talking about it. But I'm talking about speaking to dead things to come back to life. 
I'm talking about restoration and healing and deliverance. Instead of speaking what is, instead of speaking the negative and giving voice to the word, I'm talking about lending your mouth to the voice of Almighty God and start declaring health, start declaring healing, start declaring wholeness, start declaring the deliverance and restoration and the abundance and the victory that you want in that hopeless situation. You see, if you'll give voice to God's word in that situation... I'm here to tell you, God's getting ready to resurrect it. God's getting ready to turn a hopeless, impossible situation around. In fact, I'm here to tell you this morning, I hope you get excited over this. If you haven't gotten excited about anything, you ought to get excited about this. I'm here to tell you this morning that what has been scattered, what has been lost, what, is, what has been discarded and disconnected and broken, get ready. Because this year is the year that things are going to start coming back together. I wish I had somebody that could believe that. Come on, there in Fresno, Madeira. This is the year. I declare, I prophesy, this is the year for you that things are going to start coming. Ah, they're going to start coming back together. Those dead situations, those impossible situations, the things that seem to be lost, they're coming back together. Get ready. This is your year. By faith, I hear a sound of rattling. I hear the sound of a great army coming back together. I hear the sound of abundance. I hear the sound of healing. I hear the sound of promotion. I hear the sound of victory. I hear the sound. Come on, I hear the sound. I declare over you. Those dead situations are coming back to life. Come on, if you believe that, stand to your feet at all of our campuses. Hallelujah. Come on. Act like it's true. Go ahead and give the Lord the biggest hand clap of praise at all of our campuses. I told you I was fired up because I didn't just come to preach to you today. I've come to prophesy and declare what this year is going to be like for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dead things coming back to life. Somebody shout, I hear a sound. Say, I hear the sound of abundance. Say, I hear the sound of healing. Say, I hear the sound of deliverance. Say, I hear the sound of breakthrough. I hear the sound of victory. I believe it's so. I believe it's so. All of our campuses, just bow your heads, close your eyes. Nobody moving around. Got a few things I need to do. We're going to make a declaration in just a moment. Campus pastors are going to come back and formally dismiss you. I'm here to tell you the best part is always the last part. So nobody moving around. I want you just to begin where you're at right now in this quiet moment. Just begin to ask God, God, how does this message apply to me? How does this message apply to me? Right in your quiet time right now, just be asking God, God, I want to change. God, I want, I want my situation to live again because for every person at all of our campuses, it's going to be different. Would you have the guts this morning just to ask God, God, how does this message apply to me? 
Also, I want to say to all of our campuses, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, or you might say, you know, I once did, but I'm, I'm not serving God. I'm not living for Him. Man, sin is separating me from a loving God. As I look at this congregation here at Clovis, there in Fresno, there in Madeira, if you're not right with God, the Bible's very clear. All you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. Just call, open your mouth and call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. If that's you here today in Clovis and Fresno and Madeira and you're not right with God and you want to leave this place knowing you're right with God at all of our campuses, I look all over this, this congregation today. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up before doubt and unbelief can talk you out of it? Hands going up in this congregation. Hands in every, oh, so many hands. There in Fresno, come on, lift your hand. If you're not right with God, you want to be right with God. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and it's going to change your life. Come on, just keep those hands up all in all of our, our locations. There in Madeira, there in Fresno, here in Clovis. I need to get right with God. I need to declare Him as my Lord and Savior. I need to repent today. I need to rededicate my life. If that's you, just keep your hand up. Raise it up high. Okay, you can put your hands down. So many hands. So many hands. So many hands. Man, I'm thrilled about the decision that you're making. Listen, if you lifted your hand, or you should have lifted your hand, just pray this prayer. Say, Father God. Come on, say it out loud. Say, Father God. Today, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Father, with your help, from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. It's just as simple as that. All you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. We celebrate all those that made that decision, that prayed that prayer today, that prayed that prayer today. I'm here to tell you what God has begun today. God is faithful. He is committed to finishing that. Well, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop this service just like we stopped last week's service. We're going to make our declaration. We're going to say some I am's. How many of you ready to do that with me today? We're going to declare these, and then I'm going to pray a prayer over us generally at all of our, our campuses. But let's speak this out loud. Come on, we need some practice. I, I, I need to get you in the habit of doing what we're getting ready to do, because you need to do this every day of your life. You might be saying, Pastor, do you do this every day of my life? Listen, I'm smoking what I'm teaching you today. I believe I have my confession sheets. I, I start my morning with prayer, and I get my confession sheets. And you know what? There were years that it looked like it wasn't working, but I can honestly say what I have been declaring for 20-plus years. I see it that it has come to pass in my life. Why? Because I'm not just declaring anybody's words. I'm declaring the word of the Lord. Come on, you say it with me. Say this. Say, I'm blessed. Come on, we're going to turn the temperature up at all of our locations. Shout it again. Shout, I'm blessed. Shout, I'm prosperous. I'm successful. I'm victorious. I'm talented. I'm wise. I'm qualified. I'm valuable. I'm attractive. I'm disciplined. I'm patient. I think we got to say that one again. I'm patient. Say, I'm patient with my husband. I'm patient with my wife. I'm, see, some of you don't have a wife or a husband. <laughs> How many of you want a wife or a husband? Ooh, a lot of hands. Father, bring me my spouse. Say, Father, bring me my spouse. Glory to God. It's better than saying, I'll never be married. 
Some of you have been saying that a long time, and guess what? You're still not married. You start declaring over your spouse, Father, I thank you that he's handsome, that she's good looking. Bring her to me, Lord. Bring him to me, Lord. That's what you ought to be declaring. God, you created her. You created him. Bring her. Bring him to me, God. Bring my spouse to me. God, I desire to be married. And you said it's better to marry than to burn. Bring her, Lord. Bring him, Lord. Say it again. Say, I'm patient. Say it again. Say, I'm patient. Say, I'm kind. I'm generous. I'm healthy. I'm strong. I'm empowered. Shout it out loud. Say, I'm forgiven. And with everything you got within you, say, I am a child of the Most High God. Come on, somebody shout. Come on, doesn't that feel better than what you've been saying? Come on, doesn't that seem right? Let's pray. Father, I pray for all of our campuses. God, I pray here in Clovis, there in Fresno and Madeira. God, in this moment together, God, would you touch our mouth today? Would you bring healing to our mouth? God, would you put your words in our life? God, forgive us for saying the negative. Forgive us for speaking the doubt and unbelief. Father, we're not quitters. We're not defeated. God, we're more than conquerors. We're overcomers. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. God, we thank you that you are working mightily in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.